Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, welcome to the Randy Kennedy podcast. I am Randy Kennedy. And today, special guest, Hal Mummy, football coach, and not just a football coach, but the guy widely considered the father of modern football. He invented the air raid offense along with Mike Leach and a bunch of other guys as they were coming up through the college ranks and now every Saturday you turn on football or even Sunday in the NFL you see the air raid offense it all stemmed from what those guys were doing all the way back at the high school level or at Iowa Wesleyan back in the late 1980s early 1990s Hal Mummy is a good friend of mine back in the day I hosted his radio show when we were both in Valdosta Georgia as they were just getting the air raid going and then of course he went on to Kentucky and other stops hope you guys enjoy this talk we're going to kind of do the uh, history of college football certainly college offenses here with my special guest Hal Mummy on the Randy Kennedy podcast here with Hal Mummy who is the father of modern football football coach 67 years old now Hal what do you think when you hear father of modern football no I'm honored and flattered I mean I you know I just we just did what we did, and uh, I'm happy it's caught on, and people have have uh, recognized it and, and want to emulate it. And uh, you know, mainly we were just trying to win games at Iowa Wesleyan and Valdosta State and places like that. Randy, as you well know, you were a big part of that at Valdosta. Uh, you, you know, we we always knew it would work. We never really thought it would catch on the way it has, but it, it just you know people recognize it and and i think it's been good for the game because it's kept athletes and we were losing athletes in the in the 80s when i first started doing this and when i went to coppers cove high school to be the head coach the four best athletes in school didn't play football and i asked them why and they said well because it's not any fun hmm. and when i left three years later they were the all district quarterback the all district tight end the all district wide receiver and an all state wide receiver so we had we had convinced them it was fun. Copper's Cove, that's also home of uh, Robert Griffin after you, right? Yeah, they. My uh, Jack Welch took over after I left, and and uh, he he did an outstanding job. Jack and I had coached together uh, at uh, at West Texas State, and uh, he went in there and stayed there for twenty three years, and I think he's had something like eleven or twelve NFL players. So it's the air raid offense. Tell me what that is. Uh, because, you know, when I was in high school football, the first play we would always run, you know, the first day of spring or the first day of fall camp, we'd run, you know, dynamite 30. Run the fullback up the middle. That's the that's the first play. What's the first play you install when you're putting in the air raid? Four verticals. We're always going to throw four verticals. And and uh, you got to be good at that to be good at the rest of it. And, uh, you know, it's it, it it has become a uh, it has become a passion with everybody that runs this offense. So you say four verticals? Does that just mean four guys just run straight down the field, or is it more complicated than that? It's a little more complicated than that, but 
uh, yeah, the, the, the simple term for it is, uh, you know, Mike Leach and I call it six. A lot of the guys have changed the names of it, but, um, we named it six because at Copper's Cove, we, I, I wanted something simple. The kids could remember. And so if, if everybody was, when you're playing in the backyard, if everybody went long, you told them to go get six. So <laughs> that's why we call it six. So, you, um, but it, it's, uh, it's got, it, you know, it's got some nuances to it that you got, you know, it's not necessarily going to be always for people going long, but it, it depends on how they read the coverage. Uh, but, but that's, that's the, that's the first play you teach. Hey, I heard you say recently that, it, that you like the fact that Cliff Kingsbury was now in the NFL with the Cardinals because he would run the whole thing. What's the whole thing yeah. in terms of the air raid offense compared to what we see the other, you know, people taking pieces and parts of it? Well, what most people understand as air raid is what we started doing in 1991 at, at Iowa Wesleyan, and then we pretty much perfected it at, at Valdosta State with Chris Hatcher and Lance Funderburk and those guys that you watched. Um, it was where we we had this offense that that was based on throwing the ball short to talented people that could score, and then if they took that away, then you were going to throw it deep. And uh, you always look for the deep throw on every play. But the, the other receivers, the ones that are not going deep, are also reading the coverage and finding zones to sit in and ways to get open. And and if they took all – if they covered all of that, then they were giving you the run, and so you would, you know, run the ball. But in 1991, we took that offense and, and looking for an edge because we had such a difficult schedule. Our last year at IWC was Mike Leach and I uh, decided to no huddle and play fast. Mm-hmm. And and we there there were some other people that were no huddling at the time. There was the K Gun in Buffalo, and uh, certainly John Jenkins did some of it when he was running the run and shoot at Houston. But I don't think anybody plays fast as we, we we were running plays, you know, at a really fast pace, and so it wore the defenses out. And and usually we had we had some great come from behind victories uh, because of it. The uh, the term air raid came from Mike Leach. He 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 was. Uh, charged with writing up the stories of each game and trying to get them in the Des Moines <laughs> register. And so he needed a name for the offense. And, and Steve Spurrier had, had just left Duke to go to Florida and at Duke, he had air ball. And so Mike, Mike heard about that. And so he thought air raid was pretty, pretty good idea. So that's how we got the name of it. But, but that's, that's the package that everybody thinks of as air raid is play, running a lot of plays very fast. Try to, yeah, basically it's, it's like the basketball version of, more shots on goal, uh, so, kind of what you know Rick Pitino did at Kentucky. So wait a minute, at Iowa Wesleyan, did did Leach get a bonus for being the SID? Uh, no, he got twelve thousand dollars a year and <laughs> had about five jobs. <laughs> and sports information director was one of them. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he was a lawyer. I knew he could write, so I gave him that one. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, so, how you went to uh, from Iowa Wesleyan, you went to Valdosta State, uh, which had, had not been winning a lot, just like Iowa Wesleyan had not. Um, and even before, you know, you made the big leap to to Kentucky, where people said this wouldn't work. There was some of that. 
that, oh, this this crazy offense is not going to work in the South where, you know, we play real man football and that sort of thing. Talk to me about that. Did you ever have any questions, and did you face those doubts? Oh, yeah. You know, we had uh, we had pretty much a, a cold shoulder reception in, in Georgia our first year there. Maybe the, our second year, it started to loosen up uh, because they saw what we were doing, and, and it did work. Uh, but yeah, the first year we, we had a, we put on a coach's clinic for our spring practice. The first year we, at, we were at Valdosta state and zero coaches showed up. <laughs> we had, I mean, we had good speakers. We had a couple of state championship guys and we had a couple of NFL coaches and a couple of big name college coaches. And, uh, there was like eight or 10 of us there, uh, with the speakers and the staff, and and so nobody showed up, so we just sat around in clinics each other. It was probably the best clinic I've ever been to because it was real informal. <laughs> you got a lot of one on one, huh? <laughs> a lot of one on one with some NFL guys. Yeah, uh, you... but but zero zero people showed up to to listen to. They were they were the, the high school coaches in the area were sending a message to us that they, this would not work, and we're not interested in learning it. Hmm. Of course, uh, during your time at Valdosta State, not a lot of people know it's Division Two football, but you guys had one of the great rivalries with North Alabama, same conference, two best teams yeah. in the country. and uh, But those guys were not exactly doing it the same way y'all were doing it. No, they were the uh, – Bobby Wallace and I used to talk all the time. We were the flip side of the same coin. We were going to throw it all the time. He was going to run it all the time. And, uh, you know, it, we, we were kind of the Avis to his hurts for a <laughs> while there. We finally got him the last year I was there. But he they had a great program. and. They were uh, Bobby's a great football coach. Of course, they won three national championships while we were in the midst of that. You know, you you said something to me back in those days that I still use in my life today. You said, and this is a football thing, but it applies to other things. You said if you were not running the air raid offense, you would run the wishbone. Why is that? Well, because I think you got to commit to being great at something, and you can't. People that in those days were running the I formation or something like that, they were they were committed to mediocrity. Yeah. They were trying to do everything, and so we we just committed to throwing the ball on every play, and because of that, we could run the ball. And we had a great running back at Valdosta State and Dominique Ross, who ended up playing for the Cowboys and getting a Super Bowl ring. Um, but he was a thousand yard rusher nearly every year we were there. Don't, don't don't you think that applies to every part of life? Choose something you yeah, can be I great so. at. I think you got to be good at something first, and and then you kind of build off of that. And and so that's what I meant by it. And yeah, if if I was going to run the ball, I was going to probably do what Bobby was doing and run the wishbone. The other thing that that you said to me back in those days that always sticks with me is that you know as play callers, that some coaches would have good plays, and then they would call their four good plays, and they would call. They call the fullback dive because they don't have anything else to call yet. Yeah, I, I just think they have too many plays, and and they 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 can't figure out what they want to call because they're they're there's too many choices. It's like going to a Chinese restaurant; the menu's too big. <laughs> you guys played a uh, championship game against North Alabama. I remember the name Israel Raybon was a defensive tackle for those guys. Yeah. Never forget him. <laughs> you remember him too. Nick Pretty good. Well, Chris Hatchery ended up on his chest a whole bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys had a strategy for that game. I don't even know if you know where I'm going with this, but you guys had a strategy for that game that I thought was 
absolutely fascinating. Do you do you remember what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. The the, the that was our version of the rope a dope. Uh, you know that was the second time we played. We played in the quarterfinals, and and it really turned out to be basically the national championship game. Uh, because it was one versus two, and and uh, we had played earlier in the year, and they had beat us. I think it was like thirty-five to seventeen. We played in a driving rainstorm, and in, in uh, up in Florence. But the one thing that became really apparent to me was that they had two great defensive tackles and they had a great middle linebacker, and we couldn't block any of them. And Ronald McKinnon was that Chris linebacker. Hatcher, if I, I think I remember this correctly. It's pretty close to this. I might be off by one or two. I think that whole season, Chris Hatcher threw something like seven interceptions, and he he threw he threw like four of them in that one game. And so, when I looked went back and looked at the film, I said, uh, I told the guys, I said, we got to keep Hatcher on his feet, and we can't do that if we drop back on every. We can't block these guys. Uh, we, you know, I, I just told him, I said, I was arrogant the first game. I thought we could just block them and that we could do to them what we'd done to most of the teams we played that year, including Central Florida. We beat Central Florida that year. Um, so what we did was we got in two tight ends with two backs and one wide receiver. And I told them, we're going to do this for three quarters. And if if we're if we're within, you know, 10 or 11 or so points, we're within, even if we're within 17 at the end of the third quarter, that we'll, we'll win the game. And, uh, yeah, we just ran at them and we threw little quick passes and we tried to keep some drives going, but mainly we just, we, we did the opposite of what we normally did. We just, but what we did by getting two tight ends and two backs, we could double team those tackles. And so we double teamed them on every play, whether it was a pass or a run. And we got them finally by the fourth quarter, we got them tired enough. And then we, we scored 17 pretty quick points and tied it up. We ended up losing to them in double overtime. They, they kicked a field goal and we missed ours. I remember you had an all-conference offensive tackle saying, Coach, I can handle him one-on-one. Clearly did not understand the concept here. Yeah, well, the main thing was to just get those guys tired enough. I figured if we if we could keep it within seventeen, we could we could come back in the fourth quarter and, and get them. And and we were really close to doing it. We got a, we 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 tied it up real fast in the fourth quarter, and then we had a game-ending drive that that uh, where we would have had a shot at a winning field goal, but we got called for holding and uh, took us out of field goal range. So we ended up going to double overtime with them. So if that also stayed to go. Yeah, yeah, it was uh it was the the staff thought I was crazy. They didn't no, no nobody wanted to do it except me. If that also stayed you you go forty, seventeen and one. I guess by the end people were coming to coaching clinics, is that right? Yeah, they started yeah, last couple of years we were there, people had pretty much uh it had pretty much put us on the map. And ninety four put us on the map the third year we were there when we went eleven and two and our only two losses were at North Alabama and they won the national championship. Um uh, that that kind of set it and I started getting 
you know, interest from other bigger jobs then, and we started getting asked to talk at a lot of places. And if I couldn't do it, Mike Leach usually did it. And, uh, you know, people took notice. I, I think the win over Central Florida caught everybody's attention because if you remember when we beat them, they were the they were the preseason number one in FCS. Right. That was their last year in FCS, and they'd had a bunch of transfers getting ready to move up. And they had some Florida State transfers and some really good uh, some really good players. Their quarterback was Darren Henshaw, who's now the Kentucky uh, co-coordinator up there. Um, and we went down there, and, and we, we beat them pretty handily. I think it was something like 31-14. Yep, I remember. So if people thought you were, uh, you know, Valdosta State was crazy for bringing you into the South to run this air raid offense, that was nothing compared to what happened when CM Newton contacted you at Kentucky and said, hey. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bring this to the mighty SEC. Hell, I don't care how much success it had had. This is the SEC. You know, you're supposed to be able to run the ball between the tackles. There was a lot of resistance there. I'm sure you remember. Well, there was, but the main thing was there wasn't any resistance from CM Newton, and and CM brought me in, and he he deserves all the credit because he he had enough vision. There's two people in my life that have have really were on the outside of what we were doing, uh, but became true believers. And CM Newton was the first, and the second one was Bob Stoops. Um. But they they were the first guys to to recognize what we were doing and say, hey, this we need to give this a shot. It'll work. And and uh, CM believed in it, loved it, thought it was perfect for Kentucky because of the basketball background. People understood, you know, shooting threes and pressing all the time. And and uh, it, all right, we were kind of the the on grass version of that. The um, he he. He was just way ahead of his time, and, and uh, a big, uh, he was a basketball coach, but he loved football. He, played, he was actually a quarterback in high school, and uh, so he he was way way ahead, and he recognized it. And he actually sent Rick Patino to my office when I first got there to tell me not to change. Hmm. <laughs> Did you? Uh... He what I was doing. You could do what got you the job here. Don't don't get conservative now that you're in the SEC. Did you inherit a team of players who had, you know, had any of the skills you would have recruited into the program, or was well, that just yeah, kind of a start? Over? Tim Couch. Um, yeah. And we and we it's knew about start. Tim uh, when I went there, and uh, we we there was a couple of Craig Yeast, who's now the head coach at Kentucky Wesleyan. He was mm-hmm. one of the guys we inherited. Uh, Keo Sanford. Uh, there, there were some guys, you know, two or three offensive guys. We didn't inherit a lot of defensive guys. In fact, our defense at at uh, Valdosta State the last year was probably more talented than the one we inherited at Kentucky. Hmm. Uh, but they they managed to pull it together uh, for us to go to a couple of bowls. Did you have to re-recruit Tim Couch, or was he just like 
this is a godsend. Tim uh, was sold right from the start, although I, I think if I hadn't handled it the way I did, he he probably wouldn't have been. Um, but I, you know, I, one of the reasons CM gave me the job, he told me later on, was because I was the only guy that told him who the quarterback was going to be. He interviewed NFL guys and some big time coordinators and some other division one head coaches and stuff like that. But he, he, uh, he said, of all the guys I talked to, you're the only guy who knew about the quarterback situation at Kentucky. And when I asked the question, who would be the quarterback between these two guys, you, you, you didn't even hesitate. You said it'd be couch. And he said, all the rest of them said, well, we'll go through the spring and have a contest and see who the best guy is, et cetera, et cetera. Cause Tim was not the starter when the, the year in Curry's last year there, before I got there, he was, he was, he, he started one game, but he, he didn't play a whole lot. They had a guy there named Billy Jack Haskins who was more of an option guy. Was there ever a moment when you got to Kentucky where you had that one second sitting in your office maybe where you thought, is this really going to work at this level? No, not really. <laughs> I, I knew it would. <laughs> How could we'd you be already, so We'd already jump levels. You know, I jumped from high school to college. I jumped from the NAI to the to the to Valdosta State and – the Gulf South. I I never really doubted it would work. Now now sometimes I doubted we could. You know Kentucky's not the way, and particularly in those days, who wasn't the easiest place to recruit to. Uh, it, it was more like I Wesleyan in that respect than it was like Valdosta State. Valdosta State was we we got pretty spoiled there. We had better players just walk through our door wanting to walk on than we recruited. And of course, uh, the uh, the the coaching tree is amazing. Uh, Mike Leach obviously has been with you every step of the way as you guys were kind of coming up. Dana Holgerson was one of those guys. Guy Morris, who later became the head coach at Kentucky and Baylor, and uh, many other guys on that staff. You guys just sort of uh, came up together before you started branching out. Yeah, they they. That's what I was saying. You know, uh, Bob Stoops deserves some of the credit there because he was the first coach. To recognize what we we're doing and when he got the job at Oklahoma he hired Leach and and told a, he had a pretty incredible staff himself and and but he told those guys we're going to run this offense and and then after Mike left he sent Mark Mangino to Kentucky to learn how to call it from me because uh, he wanted to keep doing it so it's kind of fun working with Bob now in the XFL yeah with the uh, renegades right yeah we're going to do it, do it in pro football. So that's that's uh, something we're looking looking forward to doing. The uh, but I, you know, he he kind of recognized it. He had played against us. You know, he coached against us at Florida, and uh, realized it would it would work. And, and there was there was a method to the madness. Hey, I'm always interested when you watch a game, a college game for sure, the NFL, same thing, and even on the high school level. You see these coaches and play callers, and they've all got the Waffle House menu over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you, I mean, when when I covered you every week, you had a little tiny little piece of paper, and uh, Leach has sort of carried that on. Why, why do they have the Waffle House menu, and what in the world can you put on that tiny little piece of paper that you're holding on the sideline? I had a, I had a, I'm not going to say who it was, but I, I, I had a pretty famous wide uh, receiver play for me at Kentucky and he went to the NFL and 
he called me up one day and he's really frustrated and he said, I think I may get released. And I said, why? And he goes, because I, I screwed up this route. And this is like in November, you know, the season is pretty deep in the NFL season. He said, I screwed up this route. And I said, well, why'd you screw it up? And he said, well, we hadn't run it since August. Hmm. <laughs> <I said laughs> you had a play that you hadn't worked on since, in, since August and they called it in a game and they expected you to know what to do. He goes, yeah. That's, I said, well, how many plays do y'all go in a game with? And he said, about 150. I said, well, how many plays do you normally run in a game? He said, we average probably about 65. I said, so basically you're wasting half your practice time. Yeah. So, so what's on your- Yeah, I just, you know, it's uh, that's why I was happy that Kingsbury got the job of the Cardinals. I want to see how, how that works, but he's – you know, we, you know, it's not about plays. It's about players, and it's about uh, being able to adjust your plays. But but you couldn't even fit 15 plays on that little sheet of paper that you walk around with, could you? Uh, no. We we had – usually we had our – that was usually our starters. We had like 10, 10 we would call. Um, and and uh, most of our stuff is scripted out, and, and so we – most of it's memorized. I didn't necessarily have it written down. I just had it in my head. And you, like, I, if we got trapped <laughs> on the one yard line, backed up, I knew exactly what the first call was, and so did everybody on the team. Always the same call. Yeah, pretty much. What? Well, what's that? It was a deep pass. We we threw it, and you saw us do it at Valdosta, and you <laughs> saw us do it at Kentucky. I yep. mean, we. I think we hold the our offense holds the stadium record in like four stadiums. <laughs> it's it's amazing, and, and Leach has sort of carried that tradition on as a play caller. Um, you know, he he's got that same little tiny piece of paper yeah, like he, he used to. Have. He uh, what you know, I was I was with him at at uh, his Houston game, and we spent some time together going out, watch the walkthroughs and the meetings and stuff. And yeah, it's amazing how 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 much everybody's done the same things. Chris Hatcher's doing that at Sanford. Um, Dana Holgerson, Sonny Dykes, most of them are all, you know, it's pretty much the same stuff. And your son now, the offensive coordinator at Nevada. Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Yeah. Your son, the offensive coordinator at Nevada. He is. And uh, same deal there. What What do you see with what Oklahoma's doing? What percentage of true air raid are they doing? It's, it's pretty much, I've, I've been up, been up watching uh since i took this job with bob we've been up there to watch a few times it's pretty much all the same the thing lincoln does good is he's had he's had really athletic quarterbacks and and uh so he's been able to take advantage of them and so they'll go into games where they you know they'll script out two or three plays that the quarterback runs that uh uh our quarterback run pass options that they're going to be able to use their feet. And, uh, you know, that goes all the way back to the old BYU days when we used to go out there and study what Lavelle was doing. I, I watched every game film Lavelle ever coached on offense. And it, it's still, I used to tell people, I, the, the, guy, the, the era I always liked watching the most was the two years that Steve Young was the quarterback. So athletic. Because because they took that pat drop back pass offense but they had this athletic guy running it and and so the the plays were never dead plays. Hell, I think it's a it's a legitimate moniker to say you're the father of modern football, offensive football. 
What's the next step, do you think? I mean, do you, do you think from here we go back to somebody being great at the Notre Dame box, or do you think we just continue to take this concept further, or what do you, what do you think the future is? I don't think you can go back because we've, we've raised – the thing about what's happened with Air Raid and, and some of the other spread offenses, not just ours, is that you, the high school coaches pick it up first. Right. And and that start when we beat Alabama at at uh, Kentucky the first year I was there that that kind of started this avalanche of high school coaches coming to figure out what we were doing. We'd had a little bit of that in South Georgia when we were at Valdosta, but we didn't have the notoriety there that we got at Kentucky and and uh, and then when Leach left after a couple of years ended up at Texas Tech, then all the Texas high school coaches started going over there studying them and and, uh, and you know, he had Dana Holgerson and Sonny Dykes on his staff and, and those two guys are, you know, continuing as head coaches and uh and have for a while. And and so, you know, you've had all there's just this massive wave of high school coaches from the south to Texas to now all over the nation. Um, people want to know how to do this and what to do. And, and uh, I actually teach a class on it that we have online the, uh, that people can sign up for. But uh, it's, it's, it's just a style of play and a way of playing that, that the young guy, the, the high school athletes like. So I don't think you can put it put the genie back in the box. Uh, now there, I think there'll continue to continue to be innovations in, in uh, ways to run the ball, ways to throw the ball, and all that. But but I think uh, the era, the idea that that we're going to run a lot of plays and play fast and throw the ball around and spread people out and use the whole field is is not going anywhere. Well, Hal, I always thought it was a privilege to kind of be in on the, the ground floor for the most part in Valdosta when not many people were watching and just kind of realizing, hey, this, is, uh, this thing's got some legs. This could actually, uh, this could actually be the future of, uh, of football, and, of course, it has turned out to be that way. So it's really cool to see it expand uh, upward to uh, you know, colleges and the pros, but also, like you said, down to high schools. Every high school game you go to now, it seems like running some version of it, and uh, we were kind of in the, uh, the incubator there at, at Valdosta State. Yeah. Yeah, we it was fun. It was fun to do, and and it's fun to watch it grow. Uh, there's a lot of innovative people out there. They'll they'll take it and, and build on it. And you know the main the the main idea that I started with in in the mid '80s was was that we were like I said at, at Cobbers Cove, our, our best athletes weren't playing football. So I wanted to make it a game that would be fun to play, and and safer to play. I think that's had a lot to do with it. And and there the last you know 10 years or so that's really come to come to the forefront um you know if you recall the way we practiced at valdosta we didn't really hit very much and and we had started doing that at copper's cove high school and uh remember i used to tell mamas and da- mamas and daddies if their son got hurt playing football it wouldn't be in practice hmm. you know and uh so I, I think we we were ahead of the game there too, and a lot. It, what what was late? If you were cut when we first went to, and you were you were writing about this stuff in in the SEC at the time, and you know we caught a lot of flack for the way we practiced when we first got to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. 
You remember there was a lot of talk because yeah. I never scrimmaged in the in the fall and and uh, the first time we tackled anybody and took them all the way to the ground was the first game. Hmm. And uh, they, they that was that wasn't very well thought of. <laughs> I remember you used to say that uh, you know if I did, if if a guy wasn't going to hit somebody we weren't going to sign him. We don't we yeah. don't need to figure that yeah, out we after they get on campus. Knew they could hit when we signed them. They, yeah. they, there was a lot of film of that. You know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we used to the uh, well. They used to ask me all the time. I I'd tell them, you know, you don't have to practice car wrecks to survive them. <laughs> so, the, uh, we we would try to we would try to emulate as close as we could the game type play, but then we just didn't take anybody all the way to the ground. And it, it was you know really everybody. It wasn't the way the SEC was doing it, but it was the way most of the NFL was doing it. You know, and we we had gotten the ideas from them. Well, Hal, it has been fascinating for what like thirty years now, watching this thing yeah. evolve and uh, yeah. turn into. You know, we used to talk about this thing could catch on, and now it's like every game you go to, this is this is what you see. It's been fun to see it from the beginning, and uh, fun to be along for the ride. I wish you success taking it to the pro level now with uh, with Bob Stoops, with the Renegades and the USFL, and hope you uh, have a lot of success on the field and off. Hal, appreciate you being with me, man. No, no problem, Randy. Thanks for having us uh, anytime. There you go. That's, uh, that's Hal Mummy. Appreciate him being with us and uh, really a good conversation there. Glad you guys are along. Uh, tune in next time for the Randy Kennedy Podcast. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.